No matter how hard you try, you cannot shout at a tree to make it grow faster. You can't pull up on a tomato plant to make it grow faster. You'll just uproot it. Right? You have to let things grow. You do. You You, have to let things grow. And we are powerless to make things grow. We know the one who makes things grow. Yes. And we are asked, though, however, to look at our own soil. And I think that's what we want to talk about today. This is something that God's been doing in our hearts. Uh, we just want to share it with you in the context of marriage. And uh, there's a lot of power to be, I think, harvested. Yeah. Sorry for the terrible pun. <laughs> around, the idea, one, uh, around the idea of the, the soil of your heart yeah. as far as how truth falls on it and grows roots. So, yeah, it's going to be a fun conversation. Thanks for joining us. We will see you on the other side. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage, sex, communication, finances, priorities, purpose, and everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. So today we're talking about the good soil of our hearts and how the growth and all of that flows into our marriage and how our marriage is affected by, you know, the soil status of our heart, so to speak. And before we do that, we are going to do our housekeeping because we always forget it too far into the episodes. Okay. <laughs> so we want to thank you to our listen, send a big thank you to our listeners and raters and reviewers. If you have not rated or reviewed the podcast, hmm. do it now. It's a good thing. It helps us. It helps other people want to listen um, and leave a comment so that people can kind of connect and say, yeah, that sounds like something I want to listen to. And um, just helps us get the word out about Jesus first and foremost and our marriage, I guess, second. But Mm. obviously Jesus is way cooler, but he definitely (laughs) shows us how to live in that. Anyways, moving on. You're so... You're so like business oriented, and then you and you pull back. I'm somewhat pragmatic. You yes. just got to go for it, you know. Well, okay. Yeah. What's number two? Well, you look at me, and then I get a little insecure. Well, so. that's that's how it's supposed to be, <laughs> right? Critical marriage is the name of our, <laughs> our new podcast. The next podcast. <laughs> Not going to go well. Patreon. Can I do it real fast? Yes. Patreon is a great place where listeners like you can join arms with us. Uh, in a really tangible way, we have uh, over 200 patrons. We're thankful for you. Thank you for joining ARMS. It's been amazing encouragement for us and helps us get this thing done every week and sometimes twice a week. Actually, about six times a month, we're releasing content on the podcast. Plus, we're writing. That's because our Patreons are making that possible. So We're so grateful. We're so grateful. So grateful. If you want to join ARMS with us, you can do that. Go to patreon.com slash fierce marriage. There's links everywhere on our website and in the show notes and all that good stuff. Finally, uh, if you have any questions, go to fiercemarriage.com slash podcast. You can ask via the internet, internet, or internet. you can, internet, <laughs> or you can, uh, or you can, what, 971-333-1120. Call or, or call. text that number, 971-333-1120. I feel like you're rushing me because you're like anxious about saying something or something. You feel, no, you feel a little like take a breath. fast. Well, you know what? You jumped right out of the gate and you went right into the, the Don't be housekeeping the and now I'm feeling rushed. All right? <laughs> you know how 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 much I dislike being frazzled. <laughs> you know how much how little I use that word. <laughs> there it is. Okay, so we're talking about the soil. So okay, if you're not aware, I am uh, I I've taken post as the chaplain for our 
local uh, Mariners affiliate. It's a minor league baseball team called the Tacoma Rainiers. And they're awesome. They are awesome. We love going to the games. Minor league baseball games are the best. They really are. They really are the best. You don't have to walk five miles for a burger. Yeah. It doesn't <laughs> take kidding. 20 minutes to go Yeah, to go to the bathroom. <laughs> um, yeah. So I do that. And so every Sunday that they're at for a home game, and it's a volunteer thing, and it's not a huge <laughs> commitment, and but it's an amazing, I think, impact in our community. So I'm blessed to be able to do that. And Selena is actually the my, the chaplain as well. Although a lot of these players are so um, they they're so transient because in minor they've leagues they've been uprooted they, they, from they've their been uprooted. hometowns. And Tacoma is kind of a, just a stop right now for them. And so yeah, none mm-hmm. of their families are typically very yeah. nearby. So I'm here, but none of their wives or girlfriends are typically here. There might be a few that we're going to try to connect with, but. Yep. Can I just say, though, that it has grown over the last couple months that you've done it? And it's not every Sunday. It's two or three Sundays every month or so from, like, May to September. Because they travel and they're not here. Right. But, you know, this last week you had, like, 13 guys. It's, like, half the team. It was incredible. And I feel like it's grown. You're like, yeah, two came or five and eight and... 13. <laughs> yeah. God's just really growing it. Yeah. You've been connecting with another pastor in the area who's doing the Spanish um, version or the Spanish speaking chapel. Speaking chapel. Yeah. Sorry. A lot, because, a lot of these guys are from Central America yes, and, and, yes. and Mexico. And, so yeah. it's just been really, it's been really neat to see God at work in such a, I mean, you literally have like 15, 20 minutes with these guys. Yeah. <clears> and then you text and I text them and we try to um, connect and I think they're warming up, but then before we know it, the season's going to be over. Anyway. God's doing his thing. He's doing the growth. That's yeah. what the theme of our, our podcast today of trusting him. Exactly. But exactly. this is all that to say is this is kind of where uh, the message then our discussion today has has been rooted in and come from because mm-hmm. you spoke you got to share with them about the parables that we'll talk about and Matthew 13. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and so I got to share that with them and it's, it's an interesting context. And I want to be clear as we talk about this, we're talking obviously about um, marriage, mm-hmm. this passage, so it's in Mark 4, it's also in Matthew 13. Um, it's where Jesus is, it's a parable of the sower. Mm-hmm. He's talking about people hearing of the kingdom of God, right? So, right. again, I just want to lay the quick context in Matthew. So, Matthew is a book that's written, it's, it's a gospel that's written for Jews. And so that's why it opens with the lineage. That's why it opens with the lineage of Jesus. It's proving to the Jews that Jesus is this descendant mm-hmm. of David, right. this, ascend, this descendant and essentially, uh, you know, the fulfillment of the covenant. And so ideally, you know, they would see that and they would, and they would say, okay, he's the Messiah. He's the fulfillment. He is the savior. He is God in the flesh. And they would respond to him. So that's the whole context of Matthew. And so in Matthew in 13, when he's talking through this, he, Jesus had just gotten done um, in, in Matthew 12, refuting the Pharisees who had told him, um, you know, he had talked about basically the words of their heart mm-hmm. and how words are important and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And he went right to the heart and said, what's in your heart produces what comes out of you. Mm-hmm. So you who are evil can produce nothing good. <clears throat> and so he's getting right to the heart of it. And so then Matthew 13 comes around and he's talking about the soil, mm-hmm. essentially the soil of your heart. Mm-hmm. And so he he goes, um, he's, he's uh, a crowd gathers. Right. Jesus gets in a boat, goes out on the lake, and the crowd is listening. And there's right. this massive crowd. And he starts speaking in parables and he doesn't give them, this is the thing is he doesn't give them the key to this parable, right? He leaves them hanging. Mm-hmm. He says, there's these types of, so we're going to read it here, but he says, there's these, these types of soil and that's it. Right. Like, and, and the good soil is where the seed falls and it will start to grow. And then he leaves. And then later on in Matthew 13, he, he discusses it with the disciples. Right. 
here's what I meant by that. Right. And so we're going to take that message and say, okay, how does, we don't want to hijack this parable, right? It's a gospel parable. It's about hearing the message of Jesus Christ, the gospel. Right. It's about how our heart responds to that and why it might respond to that in that way. So that's what the parable is about. And we're going to talk about it in terms of what it means for our own position of our hearts and how we can kind of take some of these truths and apply them and think through them. This is not a parable about marriage. I just want no. to be clear about that. Right. But we're, used, right. we're talking about it in that context. Well, and everything, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, the last couple episodes, we've talked about comparison. We've talked about, you know, things like identity and all of these things are rooted like in our hearts. Right. So there's the spiritual aspect of ourselves that we need to understand. Obviously, that informs how we behave. Right. So our, our, our inner soul, our heart, our mind. All of that, like inner man is the one that informs the outside of us and the world and how we respond to it. The first person in that usually being our spouse. And so obviously there's a lot of relevancy here. I don't think we need to make that point, but, um, I just want to be clear that it's important to read scripture in the way it was intended to be read. And we are, we are, we are intentionally reading it that way, but also seeing how that truth bears weight on a different thing. Right. That we're, we're imposing on the scripture. Right. So, well, in the Proverbs say, like, out of the wellspring of the heart, like, like issues flow, life flows from the well, from the heart, and, yes. like, so your words the, flow from the heart. Like things, And we can do this because it is a biblical <clears throat> truth, absolutely. and we're just kind of superimposing it and looking as a filter, right? Right, right. So the truth that things flow out of your heart, and that, the analogy holds up. So, anyway. Right. So, yes. So we're going to talk about, we just want to start... As a listener, we want you to kind of get a picture of maybe where, what are some bad, what does bad soil look like maybe in your marriage? Um, You know, for us, it it can feel kind of like dry areas, areas that haven't really been watered or fed. Um, There's weeds growing up. And I looked up the definition of weeds because I was like, I know what weeds are, but like, what exactly do they do in terms of like gardening? Like, how do they, how do they hurt our gardens? And it says... Um, they reduce farm and forest productivity. They invade crops. They smother pastures and in some cases can harm livestock. They aggressively compete for water, nutrients, and sunlight, resulting in reduced crop yield and poor crop quality. So I think we could oh, all metaphorically like think of weeds, right, in our in our marriage, things that are competing with the nutrients that we're trying to wow. feed, That the things that are like um, going to like not cause us to yield a good crop. So making it, reducing our crop yield. I can't help but think of our lawn right now <laughs> and how I badly it needs to be thatched. And Everybody was saying that. Someone else was saying that. Oh, Kyle said that yesterday at church. <laughs> <coughs> Comparing lawns, you know, yeah, your well, lawn, It's like one of those weird things, right? <laughs> anyway, this year I've committed to a green lawn. It doesn't always happen that way. This year I'm like, you know what? Let's water this thing. Let's keep it green. The girls are playing on it. Yeah. And so thatching is where you basically are getting below the green stuff and mm-hmm. removing, whether it's moss or, you know, around here in the Northwest, moss is a big problem because it's, it's where moist. we are. It's moist. <laughs> Favorite word. <laughs> you, the, there's lots of moss. There's also just grass that's kind of dead and, and kind of silted to the bottom. And you got to rake all that out with like a thatching rake or mm-hmm. a thatching machine. And that what that does is it allows... The water to penetrate the soil, the sunlight to get down there mm-hmm. to it allows the the roots of the the grass to actually grow and and get strong and full. Right. And so obviously the analogy is you know there's a lot of stuff in our own marriage we need to thatch our marriage periodically, mm-hmm. and right. you know weed it and do all these different things we need to care for it. And essentially, it's what we're saying is you need to care for it. But go ahead. Right. And we're <laughs> going to get onto that as well. But just talk, just trying to paint a picture of okay looking at my own marriage as a as a listener. 
you know, spiritually, maybe we haven't been in God's word regularly. We're feeling really dry. We haven't, we don't pray together. We haven't been in our community, uh, gospel community group, or we haven't even just been a part of the body of Christ on Sundays. And we're just, you know, maybe there's just some dryness in that area. Um, and the soil just doesn't feel like it's able to produce anything in there. Right. And maybe it's emotional. Maybe we're not able to choose (laughs) we don't we're unable or we don't want to (laughs) be nice in our communication and how we're loving each other being patient with each other maybe we're just emotionally distant and there's just this lack of connection emotionally Um, i think what you're getting to in that is there's a sense of um uh what is it so there's there's not an abundance but there's a scarcity of like emotional emotional health excuse me emotional health right so so instead of being emotionally generous, if I feel like I'm just tapped, I'm right. not going to give to you because I have nothing to give or or I have nothing I want to give right. to right. you. So, yeah. Anyway. And the same goes for physically. So, again, just talking about how our marriage, the soil in our marriage can be kind of dry and not I, – I don't – I titled it bad, but I guess I mean just, just dry and dying. And physically, you know, maybe we haven't mm-hmm. had sex in a while. Then intimacy has been lacking and, you know, it's been a few weeks or longer. And that that – physical connection is just it's not happening and Mm. it needs to and we are nothing is thriving therefore like other things are suffering definitely our emotional status like our physical status all of those things are are going to be affected by these different areas i I think sex is interesting because it's so so often we treat it as an end in itself right right sex is a means in a lot of ways Mm-hmm. to a deeper relationship. And in a lot of ways, it's also an indicator of where your relationship stands. Right. And so if you treat it as both the thermostat and the thermometer, right. it can, you can kind of set the temperature for your marriage if you are generous in it, mm-hmm. or you can also tell the temperature of your marriage if you realize that, oh man, we haven't been intimate in a meaningful way right. in months or in weeks or whatever that is, then I think that's a good red flag to say that says there's something going on mm-hmm. in our marriage. So I just didn't want to gloss over that because specifically a lot of couples feel attention in this area. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say, pay attention to that. Mm-hmm. If there's tension there, pay attention <laughs> to the tension, <laughs> pay attention to is. the tension. There it is. Uh, because it's, it's there. There's something in you that that's, I can serve a purpose that for right. the health of your marriage and for the health of you both spiritually. And, Anyway. So metaphorically speaking, our, our marriage and the soil of our hearts really have just a few basic needs. They need they need to be tilled. They need water. So they need to be fed. They need weeding. And then we'll get into the fourth one a little bit later. But it's sunshine, basically, which is growth. They need that. We can't cause the growth, right? It's, it's, it's the sun, which is so just powerful in terms of metaphors. Um, the sun that causes the growth within mm-hmm. the plants. And so... Um, Just keeping those basic needs in mind, we're going to go into scripture and talk about uh, the seed and the sower and understanding, again, what the scripture is about and then how it kind of applies to our marriage um, specifically. Matthew 13. Uh, we're going to start with, we're going to go one through nine, then we'll skip around a little bit. So that same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea and great crowds gathered about him so that he got into the boat and sat down. The whole crowd stood on the beach and he told them many things and parables saying, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil. And immediately they sprang up since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns and the thorns grew up and choked them. 
Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. Selena, why don't you pick up? So that's verses one through nine. Selena, pick up in verse eighteen. So, this is where Jesus is. is right. So he they left the crowd. So this one through nine was Jesus teaching the crowd. Yeah, and then they left, and then kind of behind the the scenes, the, the disciples are saying, "Well, why did you why did you share this parable?" You know, if you read right. the verses in between, yeah. it, he he explains it. And his, this is him explaining it to the disciples kind of off grid. But we get, as disciples of Christ, we get God's word to actually right. instruct us in this way. So let's read. So this is verses uh, Matthew thirteen eighteen through 23, the parable of the sower explained. <clears throat> Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And then when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for what has was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, in another thirty. So there's a lot going on here. Um, and obviously, I think Jesus is clearly describing what he's meaning in the parable. Yeah. I think it's easy for us to kind of forget the point, though, um, among that. Right. It, it, especially because we kind of superimpose our own sense of uh, God, who God is, who Jesus was, and who Jesus is, and in, in terms of our, our own culture and our own family history and all that kind of stuff. But I just want to be really clear. This verse is about bearing, it's about bearing fruit. Okay, so Jesus is saying the healthy soil mm-hmm. that has a seed will bear will bear fruit because that seed will grow. Here's what's really cool about this is what is the thing that actually changes in each case above? It's not the seed. The seed mm-hmm. is the same seed, right? It's the, it's the it's the message of the kingdom of God. It's mm-hmm. the gospel. The seed does not change. Does the sower change? Mm-mm. No. Does is the sower scrupulous in where it puts the seed in terms of it's it's it would seem that the sower just kind of sowing not haphazardly but it's like some of it falls on the path some of it falls on the on the rocky ground mm-hmm. some falls among thorns and some falls on good soil the sower doesn't just go straight to the good soil right it it, it almost it's almost like an invitation for the bad soil to become the good soil mm-hmm. in the sense mm-hmm. what it, it, what about the outside characteristics that influence the seed so water the nutrients the sunlight you know in general none of that really changes Okay, so the thorns would be an outside thing or, you know, the weeds and those sorts of things. But in general, like all that stuff, whatever the challenges are, how that's how that seed is watered, all that stuff is pretty consistent, at least in this parable. What changes is the soil. Mm. And so and what the purpose of the, the, the parable is to talk about how the soil contributes to the bearing of the fruit of the seed that is planted by the good sower. Right. Right. So let's look at real quick <clears throat> before kind of the four scenarios and i think we'll focus in on on a few of them right and i just real quick i loved how you say the soil contributes to the growth because obviously the soil doesn't cause the entire growth but it definitely plays a a role well it's like god's allowed us the soil of our hearts to play a role i mean it's it's exactly we talked about last week with control and the um kind of the characteristics of God that we can emulate. Like in a, we're a shadow of like God's character. Yeah, in we're a made sense. in his image. We're made in his image, right? We are not the actual thing, but we are an image of the actual thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we are reflecting God's character in these ways and God's uh, capabilities to some extent. 
creative capabilities and I mean right, the communicable traits yeah the communicable traits of, of God so it's just like Adam and Eve in the garden he said go you know take dominion of mm-hmm. this world and do these things and, and care for it well He's given them dominion, a domain to care for, just like he's given us a dominion mm-hmm. to care for in a domain. Yeah, we can't control the seeds, the seed growth. We can't control the where the water even comes from, but we can control kind of the health of our soil. Right. And I think that's where he's graciously inviting us into into the story of the gospel, not to be as passive participants, but to be co-laborers with Christ, as Paul talks about. We are co-laborers. We're co-heirs mm. with Christ. Okay. <laughs> Salvation's done. But he has invited us, like just like David defeated, defeated Goliath, mm-hmm. like that battle was done, right? Jesus has has defeated the enemies, conquered death. However, the Israelites, what, what afterward? They rushed into battle. Mm-hmm. The fight still had to be fought. The war was won, but the battle was still being fought. Right. So the war for our heart is won. The seed has been has been established. Now it's time for us to work on cultivating our our soil. So I, I, it's helpful for me to see that context because it's tempting in this spot to be like all right let's bear fruit people <laughs> right bear more fruit i gotta right. bear fruit you gotta realize Till your, your, your garden place. take care of it which you, you should can't. and you can but you cannot cause the growth right <laughs> well, it's, it's well and this is jumping ahead a little bit um which we'll talk about but there's our role and then there's god's role right and we're gonna we're gonna outline what mm. god's role is and what we've kind of been touching on what our role is in terms of you know keeping the soil of our hearts um Mm. ripe and ready for for seeds to fall into it right but there is a role that god plays and it's specific and we will get into i I don't know we don't want to jump ahead to that yet well i think the the premise that we have to start with is that we have to we can't assume that we're the good soil Mm. i think francis chan once preached a preached a message so good and it was like don't assume what you assume you're the good soil. (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness (laughs) don't assume you're the good soil and so I just want to say that, like, yeah. look, look introspectively so in good. your own heart as we read through these things. So let's talk through each one of these scenarios. So the first one is the seed sown along the path. Mm-hmm. So imagine that if you've ever been hiking, everybody's hiking, it's summertime around here. <laughs> and the paths are always really unique, especially if they're well-traveled. They're going to be compacted down. There's not going to be hardly any undergrowth. It's going to be pretty much organic soil. Right. Uh, uh, dirt. It's going to be dirt. <laughs> yeah, not even soil. It's going to be dirt. <laughs> and it's going to be, you know... Like if, if if it were to rain, a lot of times the rain just runs right off it without even penetrating mm. the dirt because it's so hard and it's so compacted. Well, that's like when when we hear God's word, we hear God's truth, we read hmm. the Bible, we pray, and the Holy Spirit is talking to us, and it's as if we're we're hard soil. We're not even hearing and internalizing those things. Mm. And a lot of times in marriage, we can get so close to it, and especially if your spouse is being like, "Hey, let's go to church," and all of a sudden you're being defensive because right. Well, and I think part of it is just we get into our routines and we get into whatever's comfortable. And we, again, we're worshiping pleasure on some level, not saying that is our ultimate, but we are at some level worshiping our comfort over what we need to do, right? Over the need for tilling and feeding and watering um, our hearts. And so we, we just don't take that step. We get defensive, like you said, about our marriage or, mm-hmm. or when yeah. our spouse asks us to do something that we haven't done in a while. I feel like that's for me. Like you're always like, let's just try this. And I'm like, nah. <laughs> well, we you get know. a lot of, a lot of spouses write in and say, I'm, I'm trying to get my husband to pray with me more. I want my wife to, to engage with our faith and study God's word yeah. with me. And their, their spouse is just not, it's like there's this unique hardness of heart to mm. each other in marriage, potentially. 
Mm-hmm. There's also a unique softness of heart, okay? Yeah. But there's a unique hardness of heart because there's frustration and pain and it's like you, you become callous toward each right. other. And I think our heart posture toward each other in marriage is not one of soft soil every time. It's And the trampled soil hit me because I feel like when I'm really mad, yeah. there's nothing you can say. Right. Like something has to happen in me right. by the power of the Holy Spirit or by God's grace giving me the strength to do that myself. Right. I have to soften my heart to you mm-hmm. and hear what you're saying, whether it's something that has to do with our spiritual health or just communication in general. Well, and, and I think that even as uh, I was talking to a friend yesterday, um, and she, they're pastors, and you know we're para ministers, I guess we have a para ministry. If that's what fierce para, marriage para is, church ministry, para church ministry, <laughs> the parachute para. ministry. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so we were talking about how you know even as Christians we can minister to each other and share the gospel with each other but still sometimes god's word and the things of god it feels like they fall on on not deaf ears but hard hearts maybe we don't mean to mm-hmm. and we try to understand and she was just talking about how she felt like her heart was just so dry in her relationship with god she's like but i minister to other people and so i was just like god i'm i'm done with this and then god it's like god brought the uprooting of of all things you know through through some trials and through some hard times and she's just, mm. but she's so grateful for it, you know, and, and, and that's where I feel like not to be scared or worried about something hard coming at us, but something, if God allows hard times to come and sort of till up that hard soil, because maybe we aren't able to keep it soft anymore, it's become so hard that God needs to intervene. I think that it's, it's okay. And it's good to embrace that. That's so good. That's very good. Um, yeah, and I think uh, we'll, we'll talk about that more and kind of how to till the right, soil because right. tilling is a very unique activity that yes. we can we can participate in. Uh, the second one, so the seed sown on rocky ground. Um, in other words, like this one, so I think back to when we were kids, so teenagers or in college or whatever, a lot of your faith is experiential, experienced, experientially mm. driven in that you're, I wasn't growing. Um, I was growing when I read God's word because when I turned 16, something happened in my heart. God saved me. Something happened. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. God heart. saved me and showed me the gospel, and I, I responded to it. And I started reading through Romans, and that began to change my heart. I read through Galatians, did a whole study on Galatians. I learned about grace as opposed to like works, salvation, and all this kind of stuff. Very transformative. But a lot of my, I guess, uh, f- growth was fueled through experience. Mm-hmm. And, uh, some, I, it may have been the culture we were into. Yes, but you go to camp and you have you have like a kumbaya moment, <laughs> or you have a worship moment, or uh-huh. mountaintop moment, totally. or you listen to a song in the morning and, and your blood sugar's just right, and you got just <laughs> enough asleep, and you had a great breakfast, right. and now you're inspired, and you're saying, "Okay, I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to do all these things." They're they're experiential. I think that's that helps me with the seed sown on rocky ground because a lot of times we have an experience, but we lack the depth. Right. Usually, th- usually through a duration of discipleship. Right. Okay. So the depth that I have came from reading God's word, and by mm. God's grace, that helped me, like weather those storms. Right. The highs the, and the lows, the highs, kind of. Yeah. yeah of spiritual um, walks. But a lot of like I know a lot of young guys who would have a great experience, and then I try to disciple them, and they just kind of flake on it. Right. Because for whatever reason, and eventually well, it's not that seed. It's not. It doesn't seem exciting right. or whatever, and it's like well, but. It's the root that sustains the growth, right? Like, mm. yeah, we can't have the, the depth and the depth comes from time and discipleship and being in God's word together. And mm. that's what allows those highs to be even, I think, more experiential because mm-hmm. 
you've been in the low times or you've been in just the normal times of just trying, you know, absorbing the nutrients, so to speak, of being in God's word, praying with other guys. And it's not always this mountaintop high and that's okay. And that's Mm -hmm. good. And if you think of any, I mean, to carry the analogy through, if they give any plant that grows quickly, (laughs) springs up, you can, a lot of times you can just grab it and just pluck it right out. Right. Or try to grow things on a mountain. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's so, it's so crazy. The weather, the climate, it's incredible that nothing, hardly anything grows on the top of a mountain. Yeah. And if it does, it grows for a very short period of time until the snow or the sun kills it. Right. And so... It's so exposed. So again, just keep in your own mind, what experiential things are you relying on perhaps too heavily mm. to govern the health of your soil? And to say, look at that as an indication of maybe that you need to let some roots go deeper. Right. And that roots need to be the priority, not the external growth, not the outside growth and right. the feelings of it or the maybe what you would perceive as fruit, but really the root. So good. Go down to that. So, so good. Uh, the, the third one is the seed sown among thorns. So Jesus, he he gave, he gives us what this what what these things that are choking uh, this seed out. So basically, a seed is is thrown. It starts to grow. Here's the thing that got, that caught me off guard about this is that the seed among thorns has roots. Mm. It goes deep. Yeah. And it it grows well, and it's growing in a healthy way, and it's beginning to bear fruit. But then what happens? thorns come up alongside it or whatever briars or whatever (laughs) bramble bushes (laughs) (laughs) they grow alongside it and begin to choke out choke it out and Mm -hmm. so the nutrients can't actually so it cannot bear fruit it says as for what was sown among the thorns this is what the this is the one who hears the word but the cares of the world and deceitfulness of riches choke the word Mm. and it proves unfruitful so the difference is not the depth of the roots, but really the, what's around it and how it's choking out the power of the word in our lives. So we prove unfruitful. So what mm. he, and Jesus gives us two things, the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches. So in other words, wealth and worries or concerns and cash. <laughs> it's so interesting that he would say that. Mm-hmm. I mean, what other, he could have used so many different examples of things that choke out life. I, you know, it's funny. That we're talking about the heart and... Yeah. Money is so close to the heart, right? Well, it's become that way. So money, okay, so I don't know when currency became a thing, probably sometime back in the Roman Empire or whatever, but it was a means of exchange. It was never a goal in itself. It was Mm -hmm. a, I need to figure out how to get your crops and I need to figure out how to get, you know, I only have pigs. I need corn, right? Right. Or I need whatever that crop, I need bread and I only have pigs. So here, you don't always want my pigs, So, and but I always want your bread. So what You're am I supposed to... looking at me saying pigs. <laughs> Don't you like... want my pigs? <laughs> I could have said any animal. I use pigs because bacon is good. Um, but you don't always want like one pig's enough for you per year, but I have like a thousand pigs right. and I need bread right. every day. So what do I do is I, I go to the marketplace, I get currency, then I can use that currency to buy anything. So it was a means to an end. It was a means of exchange. Now... It's money, become an identity. It's an end in itself. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what I want the money for. I don't, I don't need <laughs> right. it for anything. I just want it. Right. I just want more of it. Right. And I'm going to do whatever it takes to get more of it. And even if I have a house that's great, it's like, I just want a bigger house. Why? Well, because I, you're supposed well, to have bigger houses. I want nicer houses. things in my house. Or I want more yeah. things in my house. Or should I? I should have more things. And there's a lot of, you know, influences around us that are yeah. sending those loud, loud messages. And I just envision... Uh, f- a plant trying to creep up and grow and these thorns are so close to it. They're mm-hmm. so in their face. They have, they they seem dangerous. They seem, mm-hmm. you know, kind of scary and pokey. 
<laughs> which is <laughs> which is kind of what the world seems like today. But it's we also we don't have to we don't have to fear. And I, I just I love that like our soil when what Jesus is calling he's I feel like he's describing what we can. I'm trying to think of my words here, like what we can focus on, like you said. So not... He's giving us kind of these earmarked areas yes, of our hearts yes. to look out for, like the softness of our heart, right. the depth of our heart, and the, the affections of our heart, effectively. Right. And, what are, and why worrying should not be an issue and why we shouldn't be so concerned with cash and wealth. Well, I want to, I do want to spend some more time there because he says not just wealth itself, but the deceitfulness of wealth. Mm. So there's this sense that I'm buying a lie. Yeah. I'm believing a lie that this thing will satisfy or that this thing is a, is a worthy Yeah, we're itself. taking it out of its context. You said money was used as an exchange and not a not an end goal in itself, right? Mm-hmm. And so if it's we, always a tool. Right. Yeah. And we're taking it out of context. But but that's that's not to be confused with the 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 other one which is worries. Mm. Right? So the worries of this world I, Okay, so we live in if you're in America listening to this, you're in like the top 2% of all the world. Right, the fact that you even have the ability to listen to a podcast implies that you have a device, you have internet, you have time, hmm. you have disposable income, you have wealth. Okay, whether or not you feel like you have wealth, I'm just telling you, you do. Objectively, you do. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we don't have the same worries that maybe Jesus was talking about here, but like the worries of this world would be: Am I going to survive? Hmm. Okay, am I going to have food to, you know, t- to put on the table? Right. Or okay, so here's something else. The concerns. So things that are concerning and preoccupying your heart, I think, mm. is what he's getting at. So f- for us, okay, first world problems, Instagram is a, con- is a constant, constant distraction, Ugh. a constant source of tension yeah. in our hearts. Look at the studies, you guys. We've done the studies, in fact, for this book that we're writing. <laughs> like the studies are astounding for the correlation between the use of social media and the rise of depression, anxiety, and suicide. Mm-hmm. It's astounding. Okay, there's correlations between the use of social media and what we call social posturing. So the sense that you have to somehow measure up, even if you don't actually measure up, you need to at least have the perception that you're measuring up so that you can feel like you fit. Right. We're just lying. We're going on a social media sidebar. (laughs) The point we're trying to make is there are concerns of this world that can distract us from the work of bearing fruit that the gospel is doing in our hearts. Mm. So, okay. So say the gospel goes into my heart. I start to grow. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's starting to bear fruit in the sense that I want to share my faith. I want to evangelize to my friends. Or it's starting to bear fruit in the sense I'm worshiping God. Or it's starting to make me want to love my wife in a really radical way. Mm. And I'm starting to find the bandwidth to do that. And and I'm wanting to worship God. I'm wanting to read the Bible. I'm wanting to go in deeper in discipleship. I'm wanting to do all these things. And all of a sudden I get distracted by, oh, now I've got Twitter on my phone. And now I'm spending an hour a day on Twitter. Right. Looking at who knows what sports, right. looking at the news, looking at stuff I would have never cared about ever in any other context. Right. But now instead of stirring my affections for Christ, I'm stirring my affections for a thousand myself. other things, <laughs> essentially for myself, my yeah. own entertainment. Right. Or I get I get stuck on some Netflix binge thing and now right. I'm binging two hours a day or three hours a day. Well, and So the, those are cares of this world. Well, and the thing that I love about you know what Jesus is saying here too in uh, 13, Matthew thirteen twenty three, the the good soil that's sown is is he who hears the word and understands it he hmm. bears fruit and it yields so we're understanding that when we spend time in God's word 
he the holy spirit is going to work in our hearts and there's going to be growth and we're going to begin to understand things we're going to begin to understand that my my netflix binging is not productive for my marriage <laughs> my 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 desire to be on social media may dwindle a bit and that's okay because your your affections are starting to go towards the things of god your mm. your spouse your your faith you know your spiritual walk your the disciplines being in discipleship groups or being with other men other women and learning about the lord parenting and loving your children understanding that these are the important eternal things that we mm. are going to be stewarded we that reading his word brings understanding to right. the right understanding god's understanding of these things and his value for these things and yeah. that keeps our hearts I feel like it tills our hearts. I mean, why does Proverbs tell us so often to seek wisdom, seek understanding? Right. Right. So we can't, we, we always say this, Jen Wilkins said, you can't know what you don't love or you can't love what you don't know. Slow down. The heart cannot love what the mind does not know. Okay. The heart cannot love what the mind does not know. <laughs> Thank you. And what she's talking in that, con she's talking about knowing and loving God. Yeah. Like yeah. getting to know God, seeking wisdom, seeking understanding. Uh, is it Proverbs 80, 18, 21, I think, is the beginning of wisdom. I, I might be butchering the reference, but the beginning of the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Right, right. And so wanting to know God, wanting to seek understanding, that's the beginning right. of soft, fertile soil. Right. And there's a whole other side to that of that our one of our pastors, Kyle, was talking about yesterday. He was like, we've been talking about our identity in Christ and how we are adopted in. And he mm. said that somebody came up to him and was just like, I know that like, I know that like I love God and he loves me, but to be wanted by God and like adopted into his family just changes everything. Mm. Like it's not just, a, you know, there's, yes, we need to want these things and do these things and pursue the understanding, but knowing that God is, he wants us, like he mm. wants us wow. to be a part of his family. He wants us to, to be in relationship with him in deep relationship with him. And so I think that, we, it's good to understand our role, right? Our role and then we're, what God is going to do in, in, because he's God and this is how mm -hmm. he's designed the order of things to, to happen. Um, not it's, Again, it's not us like summoning God. It's God's, God said, you, you sow and I will cause the growth right. and then you'll reap. Like, well, it's, there's a sense of, again, wisdom and fearing the Lord is not I'm afraid of God, but it's that I trust that he is God and mm -hmm. I'm not. That's what the fear of the Lord. So when you put yourself into the constraints that he has put on the world in terms of our own, how we function as emotional, spiritual, physical beings. Yeah. You're basically saying, I trust you, God. I yeah. trust that when I work this soil, it's going to bear fruit. Yes. And you're saying, I trust, I fear you. Yes. And I trust you. I trust that you're God and I'm not. You can make the growth happen. I can't. However, you put these principles in place. Right. You say, when I, if I want to have, if I have soft, fertile soil, I can bear fruit. Right. Right. So how do we get there? Right. What is our role in that? And how do we, how do we have fertile soil if we're in any of these hard spots? So I just want to say them up front, four things. Okay, four things that I want you to remember is till, feed, weed, and trust. Okay, so we're going to talk about each one of these uh, individually, but till, feed, weed, and trust. Yep. So the first one is tilling. This is all about keeping your soil soft. Which we've been talking about kind of throughout this whole podcast, yeah. and you probably picked up on a lot of that. Yeah, so when you till soil, it's work, right? right? Rototilling or any sort of tilling, it's work because you're breaking up hard ground. You're undoing years of, of weather and hardness and compacting that has forced that ground into a hard place, mm -hmm. and you're actually disrupting it and, and up. you're um, flipping it over, basically. You're yeah. turning it over. A lot of times we need to turn our lives upside down in a sense, and to, hmm. to make ourselves soft, right? And there's a lot of times 
you wonder why we have the church is full of weak people. (laughs) You wonder why the church is full of like weak people or people that are kind of socially outcast, right? I'm not saying you get what I'm saying. It's because those are the people that are at the end of themselves and they say, I need God, right? Mm. Like the addicts, the sinners, the, you know, the imperfect, Mm. not like the religious, you know, whatever, but the imperfect people. We see it all throughout the New Testament. So sometimes our life needs to be turned upside down so that we can actually be soft soil to receive the good news of the gospel. We have a very personal example in our lives where we're praying for this to happen with somebody we love very much. Right. We're praying for it, for that person's life to be turned upside down right. so that they can respond to the gospel and be fertile soil. Right. So that's the first one. So how do we do if we're believers, if you're not hardened right now, if you're a believer, it's important to keep your your, your soil soft in that Regular maintenance, regular, just God, I trust you. Mm-hmm. I need you. I'm not perfect. You are. I don't know everything about the universe, God. I can't read every every book that's ever been written. I can't know everything that's ever been known, but I can trust you. Right. That you know to me is, is a is a posture that lends right. itself to softness of heart. And yeah, and all of these things are leading, I think, to, to building up that trust. So tilling our soil and submit, like submitting our lives to God's word, not superimposing God's word, you know, kind of into our lives, but our lives saying... Okay, God, what area of my life is not submitted to you and in your desires and the things of Mm. you? Specifically, what in my marriage is not submitted to you? Because marriage brings out all of those those selfish (laughs) selfish roots and all all the the comfort and things that we desire Mm. um, more than you know the things of God for our spouse, even for our marriage. The second one. I'm I'm sorry, I do this again, (laughs) but when when we talk about hard soil in marriage. We kind of get stuck in ruts and and routines and mm-hmm. we forget, okay, this is the woman of my, this is the wife of my youth. I love you. I see you for who you are. And I want to, you know, we forget that. We forget that uh, we've been given this gift of marriage and right. we start to get into these like kind of complacent routines. So how do we till the soil of our marriage? I think sometimes it takes, um, you know, unique experience. It takes investing into your marriage. What is tilling if nothing else than work, right? It's right. work. Right. So how do we work on our marriage? And that's... A thousand other things, but basically kind of that first step is tilling, getting the soil soft where it's hard, uprooting the roots, the weeds, anything that is there that shouldn't be there, asking the Holy Spirit to humble our hearts, open our ears and get us to that place. Um, Because you can't really feed, which is number two, you can't really feed or put, get nutrients out of the soil until the hard soil and the hard ground has been tilled up. So we get nutrients. We need a steady diet of, of, (laughs) As plants, what water and sunshine, yeah. uh, maybe some uh, manure in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I'm nice. just gonna say it. So what? It's it, nitrogen. <laughs> it's what ni- nitrogen is. What the manure brings. So. Fertilizer. <laughs> Fertilizer. <there. laughs> so what does that look like for us? You know, again, if if our if our marriage is feeling kind of dry, the soil is is okay. It's tilled, but it still doesn't feel great. Like we're still in this hard spot. What should we be doing? Hmm. Reading our Bible discipleship, getting, praying together, praying for each other, worship, hearing the words, stirring our affections for Jesus, for what matters. And again, by reading the word, we're not just saying read your Bible, right? There's, there's authority that is in the Bible that is going to take work on our parts to submit our lives to, because there are many areas and we're talking, speaking to ourselves, there's many areas in our hearts that are not submitted to God. And that we are constantly saying, God, I'm sorry, I submit this to you. I I take off my old self. I'm putting on the new self again. Help me, God, to do this. So it's a constant cycle of that discipleship. Just, yeah. You Sorry, you want to say something? Yeah, well, feeding. Okay, so these books. <laughs> books are helpful. Yes. So 
I think as a couple, what can a couple do to feed their marriage specifically? Discipleship, like you were saying, right? Getting in the word, but doing specifically doing it in a way that you can do it together. Yeah. Because all this stuff applies to you personally in your life, but also we're talking about in context of your marriage. So feeding your marriage, we have our books, 31daypursuit.com. Those are good jump starts. I'd say those are good tilling tools. <laughs> oh, that one will till your marriage. That's for sure. <laughs> 31daypursuit.com. It's, if you don't know about it, it's like 31 challenges yeah. of loving each other as Christ has loved you. We also have the 40 prayers book. So 40prayers.com, you can find out the, about those. There's a ton of other books that aren't written by us that are mm-hmm. also great. Just the point is, is... You have to do it intentionally. You've done the work of tilling it. You have to feed it. You mm-hmm. have to give it a steady diet, like Selena said. So that's just, that's the second one. The third one is is well once once everything's fed and is watered and you're kind of starting that that whole garden, right? You've you've tilled up some things, or God has tilled up some things in your heart. And you're like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna jump in and we're gonna be feeding our, the garden of our marriage, right? We're gonna feed the soil of our hearts. There's going to be weeds that pop up with that growth, that new mm. growth. because, And yeah. I'm so surprised how fast those weeds pop up. I'm That's speaking insane. from our little garden, own our own experience with our own little garden. is just I'm watering the plants every morning, and I'm like, what in the world? Like, the you weeds grow <laughs> twice as fast as my flowers. So yeah. anyways, there's that. And you can't, you know, you can't just pull the weeds out. You have to pull, you have to uproot them entirely. Otherwise, they just keep coming back. Wow. So anyways, learning to recognize and uproot the thorns and the weeds as they pop up and know that they're going to come. Know that if you and your spouse have gone through a hard time and there's been some tilling that has happened in your marriage and you are now deciding we are going to turn to Jesus in certain areas, and this is what this is going to look like. Yeah. Reading a Bible, our Bibles together, praying together, reading a book about marriage together, doing stuff together intentionally. There's going to be weeds. There's going to be people. Mm-hmm. There's going to be messages. There's going to be things that are coming at you that are going to say, why are you doing that? It doesn't seem like anything's changing. You know, mm. you've done it for a day, so it's not really working. <laughs> it's almost to the it's almost to the degree that you're feeding is the degree that you have to be weeding because yes. there's going to be weeds that want to the feed weeds, off of they, that. Yeah, they compete for those nutrients. And yeah. so they want... That's what the, that's what the can definition I, said. <laughs> can, I, can I share a very diff, uh, very uh, personal example? We so okay. God has given us more than we need. We don't live extravagant lives. Okay. We feel like God's given us more than we absolutely. Need. Yeah. I feel like we live extravagant lives. If you look at it on paper, like it's not in terms of two right. incomes. Like we share one income. Right. And we are you know so there's there's definitely like some desires that we have that we feel like could be good, but they also could be bad. So we went we went to go see my parents um, out at the beach on Saturday. Love going out there. I've been going out there my whole life. We've had a, a dream of having a place out there, but we can't afford it. <laughs> and so every time we drive out there, we're like, oh, maybe we could make this happen, or maybe. And I just remember talking to you on talking to you on the way over, and I was like, I just want you to know. Or I want to ask, where is this even coming from? Why do I feel discontent in this area? Mm. I feel like that was us kind of tending to the garden. I feel like there's a potential weed there. Yeah. A potential thing that could choke out the right. fruit of the gospel right. in my heart because my affections are maybe, maybe we even make a bad financial decision and make a decision we shouldn't make because banks will approve you even if you can't afford it, right? <laughs> so we go in and we buy like maybe a piece of land that we can't afford or we can't afford to develop. And it ends up just being a burden on our family, a burden on our hearts, a, a, a strain on our, marriage, on our income. Yeah. A, yeah, a burden on our marriage. And what does that begin to do? It begins to, to choke out the life, f- fruitfulness and the yeah. life. Yeah. from from what God has been doing. And, you know, he can use every situation for his glory, and right. he does. However, I think 
Well, we can also use wisdom for his glory. Right. And there's big decisions that take a lot of time to make. And I don't think any any big decision that's made quickly, I'm very leery of. And I think we both mm-hmm. have yeah. uh, become somewhat leery of as well. But I guess tr- the last one is trust um, and trust that God is going to bear fruit. And even, you know, this is not up to us. The first Corinthians three, six, I planted, which is Paul speaking, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth, which we've been touching on throughout this, this whole time. And I want to reiterate through, um, scripture as well is that how do we, so how do we do this? Right. We've talked about, I mentioned, we put on our old self Colossians three, one through 10. It talks about new life in Christ and how we are in Christ. We're taking off, putting off our old self, putting on the new self in Christ. We're put, we're, our role is to put to death these things, to weed mm-hmm. out these things, to till the ground, to do these things and set our mind on things above, to set our mind on the things of, of eternity and of, of God's kingdom and his order. And how do we know those things? Through knowing his word. And so there's things, there's specific things that we can do. And our pastor was talking about this on Sunday. And he said, the to-dos are rooted in the to-dos of the gospel. And I was like, that's, that's, such a Kyle that's thing to funny, say. but I, it makes sense though, right? <laughs> yeah. Because we're not just, we don't want to give you a list of things to do. These all have to be rooted in the power and mm. message of the gospel. And we can't, he was saying, he made a very specific point that I want to tell you all is that the, so why do we struggle? Why is there sin? Why, why do we have this struggle constantly? Like, why do we always have to till? Why do we always have to weed basically? Oh. Why do we have to take care of this? Because the whole the cycle and things that we're supposed to do of putting off our old self and putting on our new self in Christ, it's not us and that's doing that cycle that that makes the growth happen. He made that very specific. These are things that we can do, hmm. but that doesn't. Again, this cre- this creates the space for growth to happen. Hmm. Jesus, God, the gospel, God is the one that makes and causes the growth through this cycle of putting off our old self, weeding and tilling, mm. putting on our new self, watering and trusting God. And feeding, yeah. Feeding and watering, trusting God. Because in those cycles of weeding and tilling and trusting, you know, feeding and being in the sunshine, you know, it's That's just so good. that Christ is the one that causes the growth. God is the one that causes the growth. It's not us. So we can't mm. we can't take on this nature of like, okay, if I do all these things, then growth is going to happen. Most likely it will, but not it's because not, of you. A, not because of you. Yeah, sorry. I guess that's the simplest yeah. way to say it. Because the DNA of the seed is there and it's going to grow and it's designed to grow yes. in us. The gospel will bear fruit in your heart. It's just a law of nature. Yeah. The gospel will bear fruit in fertile soil. Right. And that's, but you can't make it grow. I've never had to come to grips with this more than with our daughters because I'm just constantly feeding and, right. and, and weeding and, and, you know, trying to water their little hearts and to keep their hearts soft. Yes. But I, no matter how hard I try, I cannot make them right. that gospel bear fruit in their hearts. Yeah. I cannot do that. Yeah. I have to trust that God is going to do that. And I think that speaks to kind of a desire in marriage. We talked about it last week with the whole control yeah. and relinquishing control. We want to, we control. Want to control the outcomes. We're yeah. not, that's not our domain. Yeah. That's not something God has said we can have domain over. Right. Okay. So a lot of times we will read something like this. We'll say, I need to get serious about bearing fruit. I need to bear more fruit. Mm-hmm. And what Selena's saying is that that to do is rooted in this realization, the tada that says God has already done this. And it's, it's going to bear fruit in my heart. So instead of that, we need to fo- not fixate on the fruit, right? but fixate on the where we're found. Okay. So a lot of couples will say, I just, I want to have a better sex life. I want the fruit of a healthy relationship. 
Right. Or I want to have better communication with my with my my wife or my husband. Or I want us to get out of debt financially. I want to have that right. fruit of that health. I want to have health. Everything that people come to is that they, they ask us for some version of health. And we all want it too. But the thing is, is I can't give those people, I'll be, and I can't give them advice other than be found in Christ, apply wisdom, not right. just to get the end, but because you love Jesus. Right. Apply good stewardship, not because you want to be more wealthy, but because you want to honor God. Right. Love your spouse selflessly, not because you want better sex, but because you want to honor God with that. Mm-hmm. So what is that? That's tilling your soil, keeping right. your heart soft, trusting, feeding, watering. Right. It's like uh, I can weeding, give you, uprooting. we can give you a bouquet of flowers that'll last you a week, mm. but wouldn't you rather have the seed to grow your own garden and to enjoy all of it to the fullest, like wow. every, every phase of it, you know? That's so, so good. That's why I never buy you flowers. You do I buy just... me flowers. <laughs> I buy myself flowers. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. profound. No, it's really good. We could give you flowers that would last a week, or we could say, listen, this is how I grow a garden. Mm-hmm. And, this and is, we don't even give you the, the seed. Sorry, I didn't even take that back. God is the sower. Well, we he is share. the giver of the seed. Right. And he might use us to... Sp- so we'll give you the seed that God's given us. <laughs> we didn't make the seed. I need to seed, take yes. that back. It's like no, heresy. <laughs> <laughs> take it back. No, no, no. He uses people. He uses, graciously yes. uses us to share the gospel. That's why we're doing this here today. So yeah. so just kind of closing this out with a couple's conversation challenge. The four things that Ryan talked about. Till, feed, weed, and trust. The last one's the biggest one, but... Tilling the soil, keeping our hearts soft, asking God if our hearts are hard in some areas to soften our hearts, to make the soil ripe and ready for the seed that he's going to give us, um, to feed feed ourselves. <laughs> Sounds so funny, but to feed the soil, right? <laughs> so water it. Be intentional about what you are um, feeding in, or allowing to be fed into your marriage um, and how you're loving each other mm. well or how you're not. So how are being aware of these things and how we can allow gospel teaching um, to really feed our marriage, to be in the word intentionally. So you're saying talk about these things together? Yes. Okay. You just said till. Sorry. Feed. So but, till the soil actively. No, but talk about how you can till the soil in your marriage. Yeah. That's the ch- conversation challenge is have this conversation and think about yeah. where, you know, where, it, where in our hearts have we not been soft toward each other? Mm. How can we pull those weeds? How can we till that soil? Like say, say you've been emotionally just drained and totally hardened toward each other. What mm. do you need to till that soil? You probably need to hire a babysitter and go spend some quality time together. Mm. You probably need to spend a little bit of money on a hotel room mm-hmm. so that you can go maybe two hours away from where you live, get into a different scenario and talk about the things of God. Don't just drone around on your phone mm-hmm. or be distracted the whole phone time. Drone. Don't be a phone drone. <laughs> Or maybe you need to invest in going to a marriage conference yeah. or a marriage book. Whatever that thing is, like you have to till that soil. It's going to take some effort, t- effort, yeah. resource, yes. time, energy, money, anything that it takes to till that soil. Have right. that conversation, and then maybe point out some weeds. And this is all stuff you kind of said, but point out those weeds, and then talk about how you can feed each other consistently. Right, and then trusting God, remembering mm-hmm. God's role that He causes the growth, the heart transformation, the change. That, yes, we can make all the circumstances right, but again, this is out of obedience to knowing God and loving Him. We're creating this this garden, right, for God's seed to, to thrive yeah. and to grow and to yeah. change and transform our, our marriages and then hopefully, you know, our families and our communities and just bearing out from there. And what that looks like for a lot of couples that I'm thinking of is that they will be in a really hard spot 
I mean, we've been at conferences. We spoke at conferences where couples come up yeah. and one of them or both of them are crying. Mm-hmm. And they're saying what you said just convicted us because usually we'll preach on this kind of stuff or talk about this kind of stuff. And they say, what do we do? Mm-hmm. And we say, well, honestly, like we can just pray with you to trust that God will produce this fruit that you so desperately want. You mm-hmm. want connection. You want all these breakthroughs in mm-hmm. your life. That's not going to happen now. Weeds grow fast. Meaningful fruit trees do not. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's going to happen over time, and it's going to take consistent, sustained right. trust, weeding, and feeding, and tilling. And that's just how it works. Absolutely. So I, the reason I say that is to give you hope, okay? Yeah. I don't want you just to listen to this, and I, I need to hear this. And it's time and, and pressure. Like, you got to <laughs> just continually just apply it and trust. That's what trust is. Yeah. is acting even when you don't see it. Right. Or when you know what the outcome is going to be exactly. Right. Growth is happening within flowers and plants when we don't see it on the mm-hmm. inside. How many days do we not see something sprout and then it doesn't seem like it grows? We just had tomato pop this morning. Pop out from one of our little tomato plants. Right. And, and the funny thing is, is that... We've looked at it every day for two weeks. <laughs> and the beautiful part doesn't always stick around for long. Right. Sometimes right. it's like, wow, that's amazing. It's awesome. It's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why we can't live on the mountaintops, right? <laughs> Which is why we have to trust this yes. stuff. So and trust just, the cycle. Yeah, Trusting God. Just give you hope. Yeah. Selena, you want to say a prayer for us? Sure. Are you going to... Oh, we do the... Okay. Yeah. The can is after the prayer. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, thank you for the messages and people that speak truth into our lives that constantly till up the hardness that we find in our hearts. God, thank you that you know us. You know every ounce of hard soil that is in our hearts. And I pray, Lord, that for the listeners, that you would till up their soil. God, that you would put people in there that would challenge them and till them up, that they would see the hard soil and they would respond out of obedience to you and love for you, God, and say, this is what we need to do. We need to... We need to take this next step for our marriage. We need to go to a conference. We need to get in your word. We need to just start together. And God, I pray that you would continually be strong and bright in their life, that the thorns and everything that would want to pop up around them, the weeds that would choke out the nutrients, God, that you, your growth, that your protection, you you would just be over them and they would understand that. They would hear your word and they would understand that. God, thank you for your message of of grace and of love and of your that your presence never leaves us God and that we can grow because of you and that you give us the seed you show us how to to make our soil ripe for you but then God you cause the growth and I pray thank you that you are Lord over every cycle every season we trust you God in Jesus name amen amen All right, Fierce listeners, thank you so much again for listening. We hope this episode has blessed you, um, and we hope it's given you some things to think about, and we hope it helps your marriage Mm -hmm. for your good and for God's glory. Uh, And with that, this episode is... In the can. And we will see you in about seven days. Until then, stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com, or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If our ministry has blessed you, we'd be honored to partner with you on Patreon.com slash Fierce Marriage. There are benefits to being a partner, but more than anything, you get to be part of making the Fierce Marriage podcast possible. To learn more, go to Patreon.com slash Fierce Marriage. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Fierce Marriage. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care. Thank you.